Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Diagnosing a Killer. My name is Kenna. I'm Koel. Woo. <laughs> Woo. I never know how to start these. I just want to have everyone know that my face hurts really bad right now. I have a toothache. And it sounds silly. Like, I have a toothache. But it really fucking hurts. Like, I haven't eaten today because... And it's, like, late. It looks like it hurts because you're not really opening your mouth a lot when yeah, you talk. It does hurt. Well, the good news is, is that today's my case. So you don't have to talk the whole time. <laughs> I'm just going to be quiet the whole time. Just <laughs> sit here and sipping my coffee. Yeah, we have a really good one for today, so I'm really excited about it. This was a request by one of our listeners, mm. but before I get into who I'm going to be talking about and what we're going to be talking about, just want to share with you guys our social media. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to DAK. We have a lot of exciting things going on. You can follow us on Instagram at Diagnosing a Killer. Twitter is at Killer Diagnosis. Everywhere else is at Diagnosing a Killer. We also do have a website that's diagnosingakiller.com, complete with resources, a little bit about us and our merch line, which is really cool. And check us out if you want to meet us in person. We are going to be at the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival this Austin, this Austin, this August in Austin from the 25th through the 27th. That is going to be a weekend long meet and greet, and we're super stoked about it. It's coming up. It's really quick. Yep, and if anybody saw for, like, 20 seconds yesterday that we were verified on Instagram, that was cool, and then we weren't anymore. <laughs> I was like, this is check mark, this is check mark, and then I deleted it, because it, it was, was really exciting. Well, they require you to have a have a photo of yourself that's yeah. present on your ID, but I was saying, they don't have, you know, Jared Fogle out there for... <laughs> for Subway. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, is that I kind of figured out, like, the meta verification, which is the new type, is, per, I guess, for, like, an individual person, because it does make you, like, submit proof of identity, your profile picture, and your name has to match your ID. Then you can do, like, an original verification, which you have to request for. However, your, like, brand has to be searched, like, a certain amount of times in order to reach, like, verification status, essentially. Mm. So, Google us, search us on every platform, and maybe we can get verified. Isn't that weird that the verification team sees, like, Justin Bieber's identification? Yeah. Isn't that strange? It's like, hey, send me a picture of your ID, homie. Exactly. I know <laughs> where you live. And his Canadian passport. <laughs> Canadian passport? He's from Canada. Is he? Yeah. We said that. He's from Canada. He's from Canada. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Eh? Well, speaking of accents, we're doing a foreign case today. We'll just get right into it, because I don't really think I have anything else to say, right? I'm already talking super fucking fast. So this week, we are going to be doing a request, like I said, on Monday for our mental breakdown. This is a week of requests. If you guys do not remember or you did not listen to that episode that we shouted this person out, we did mention recently that we got a message on Instagram from someone in Norway. <gasps> well, she's from Norway. She lives in London currently. Right. But originally from Norway. And she did suggest a case from Norway. Perhaps Norway's most infamous person. Interesting. So, the person we are going to be talking about today is one... Let me figure out how to pronounce his name. Because <laughs> I don't want to say it wrong. Anders Breivik. Okay. Anders. Breivik? Breivik. Okay. Yes. Anders. So, anybody that's in Norway, just please bear with me, because I am not the best at pronunciations. I'm Everyone trying these, my hardest. Every one of these names are going to be butchered. Yes. So, Anders Bering Breivik is his name. That okay. sounded pretty good, right? That sounded yeah, Norwegian. Like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get right into this. If you are from Norway, or even if you live in Europe at all, you probably have heard this guy's name, because he's kind of fucked up really bad. So, ready? Yeah. Without further ado. Content warning. This episode contains depictions of child abuse, neglect, serious mental illness, suicidal tendencies, and child victims. If this episode is not for you, we encourage you to find another episode. Remember, your mental health is important, and we love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Okay, everyone take a deep breath. <clears throat> Anders Bering Breivik... I said it wrong already. <laughs> Breivik. <laughs> I already said it, so you know how it's pronounced. 
was born in Oslo, Norway on February 13, 1979, to parents Venka Bering and Jens David Breivik. Is Jens J-E-N-S? It is. I love that name. And Venka is W-E-N-C-H-E. Wow. I thought it was winch. <laughs> so I would say, or winchy. But winchy. no, it's Venka. Like, Vinka. that's how it's pronounced. Anders' mother was a nurse. <laughs> Anders' mother was a nurse. Anders' mother was a nurse. I was trying to press record and then quickly get back to my notes when I kept having this, like, <laughs> giant pause of, like, time. And then I had to remember the sentence, so I kept going, Anders' mother was a nurse. Anders' mother was a nurse. And then it sounded like fuzzy, <laughs> fuzzy wuzzy, wuzzy was a bear. <laughs> Okay, so she was a nurse, while his father was a civil economist who worked as a diplomat for the Norwegian embassy in London, and oh. then later on he would work in Paris in the same position. <sighs> Got through that, okay. <laughs> Anders would also be born into a blended family, with a maternal half-sister by the name of Elizabeth, and three paternal half-siblings by the names of Eric, Jan, and Nina. It's probably not Jan, it's probably Jan. Yeah, Jan. Jan. Venka would flee her abusive home at the age of 17, and soon after that, she would become pregnant with Elizabeth. So Elizabeth was much older than Anders. Okay. She would meet Yen when she was in her 30s. Yen's? Yen's? Would I say that? Yen's? Yen's? Yeah. She would meet Yen's when she was in her 30s and would become pregnant with Anders shortly after, marrying Yen's due to the pregnancy. Even before his birth, Venka seemed to have disdain for Anders. According to her, Anders was particularly rough while he was in the womb. What? I know. We never really hear that, right? She would state about this, quote, It's as if he kicks me almost on purpose to torment. Ew, I don't like, like that. Immediately, no. He's Damien. Yeah. <laughs> Venka would frequently refer to her unborn child as a, quote, nasty child, and she would say that she wanted to abort him. However, when she went to the hospital to try to have this done, she was already three months along, and they would not allow her to abort. Yeah, I know it's different for... Well, not just country, but statewide. Well, we're a different story over yeah. here. But. Area-wise. <laughs> Area-wise. Venka's fears became even more real the day that Anders was born, and he would arrive into the world looking abnormally blue. Hmm. So it seems as though he might have had oxygen cut off yeah. either during birth or shortly after birth. Hmm. Thinking that there was something seriously wrong with her child, Venka would sink into a major depression shortly after Anders was born. He would eventually be okay, health-wise. And although he was born slightly ill-looking, this would not be the only reason that Venka would become depressed. She was known as saying that Anders was a, quote, fundamentally nasty and evil child and determined to destroy her. What? Do you think that maybe she was going through, I mean, clearly postpartum, right? Yes. At mm -hmm. this point. But even, I mean, you said that even while she was pregnant, she didn't want to be pregnant. Mm -hmm. She even saw out maybe getting a procedure or something. I just, I don't know. That's like a level of person, like, that feels personal. Yes. Like, she feels personally victimized by Regina George. Yes. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we do know that she came from an extremely abusive household, like mm -hmm. I said, and we will find out in just a second that she also is mentally ill. Okay. Now, Venka would actually stop breastfeeding. Stopped breastfeeding. <laughs> she would stop breastfeeding Anders at a very early age because he was, quote, Sucking the life out of her. That's what she would say about him. Which I've is seen like, that happen to a cat. Immediately, like, when he's born. Like, he's, according to her, like, already this, like, demon child. Like, if yeah. you will. Like, that sounds bad. Yeah. Now, not only was Venka experiencing depression, but she had also been previously diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia years prior to this. Mm -hmm. A disorder that her own mother was also diagnosed with. Wow, so well, we, we say it can be hereditary. Yeah, going down the, the lineage here. While Jens was not known to have been diagnosed with anything, he was known as being a cold and distant husband and father throughout Anders' childhood. When Anders was just six months old, the family moved to the embassy in London to be with their father, but he would return to Oslo six months later when Venka had had enough of the lifestyle, the political lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Venka and Jens would ultimately divorce following this move. So when Durs was, like, four months old... Oh, sorry. What was it? He was... Oh, I'm sorry. Six months old. Yeah. Well, he was... It was six months after they moved, so he would be about a year old at this oh, point. Oh, I see. Okay. So after they moved back to Oslo, neighbors would claim that there were many fights and noises coming from the house, like, all the time. Seemingly 
how, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just, you know, it's not like the one-year-old was screaming. Right. So. They also noticed that Vinka would frequently leave the children completely alone for extended periods of time while she was at work. Oh my gosh. Now, she does have an older daughter. Maybe she was old enough to watch the baby. Who knows? But it was noted that she was frequently absent. Never home. In 1981, Venga would apply for welfare benefits, specifically for financial aid and monetary payment to help support her and her children. While Anders was still an infant, his mother became very overwhelmed with having to take care of him seven days a week, and when he was still very little, she would apply for respite care for him, describing him as being, quote, clingy and demanding. You know, shit, he's he's a fucking baby. He's a child. Like, (laughs) yeah, he's a toddler. literally. (laughs) God, you're so demanding. God, you're so fucking needy. Like, can't you do anything for yourself? You need to again? (laughs) (laughs) So Anders would end up getting placed with another young couple just on the weekends so that Venka could either work or pretty much didn't have to take care of him on the weekends. Whoa. Excuse me? (laughs) The young couple was willing and able to look after Anders for a while, but were extremely taken aback when Venka asked them something out of left field. Quote, she asked if Anders could occasionally touch his weakened dad's penis. It was important for the boy's sexuality. Wait, what? She literally said, like, Anders doesn't have a dad in his life, so can you, like, assume the role of dad and, like, show him your make penis. sure that you show him your penis and let him touch it? Because he's, quote, only ever seen girl parts, so he needs, like, some guidance on, like, what it is to be, like, a man. Um, yeah, you can do that without having him touch your fucking penis. Like, that's... That's disgusting that is disgusting she's essentially like expose him to sexual fucking things yeah. immediately like she's like sexually abused my son yeah exactly i mean there's no other That's, way to cut it yeah <laughs> so of course the couple were speechless did not allow this to happen and immediately contacted police <laughs> they were like uh yeah this bitch is fucking wild and out over here do you think that she was trying to encourage the them to just take the baby um i'm not sure if she was i don't really think she cared either way. Like, I think that she was like, yeah, if he's with me, he's with me. But if he stays with you guys, then, like, sure. But, like, just make sure you, like, let him touch your dick. Well, like, in very (laughs) sick cases, parents will use their children to, for drugs. Yeah. Trading, like, stuff like that. Um, or whatever. Or just because they don't give a shit. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if in her mind she wasn't, like, trying to entice them to, like, keep him. I'm not sure. Either way, he does eventually leave her care, so I think maybe. I mean, you could be right. It didn't really say exactly what her goal was, other than, like, teaching him about male parts, which sure. is not the fucking real thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just what she said. Because books don't exist. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. So the couple did contact police, but nothing came of it. Like, they just kind of said, like, oh, don't do that bad. <laughs> like, that was it. Go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have a good one. Now, young Anders was noted as being extremely different from other kiddos, and his hobbies included things like snapping the heads off of roses, killing ants, throwing rocks at windows, etc. Normal childhood behavior. Know. Just antics. Well, normal rage-filled child, and I wonder why, because your mom's <laughs> fucking, like, not taking care of you. He would find rats to keep as pets, but he would be frequently found, like, poking them with, like, various objects, like Aww. pencils. Just poke it. Which is not funny, I'm sorry. I'm just like it just reminds me of like me sad. Of uh family guy, they find like a dead body, he's like, poke it with a stick. Poke it with like, a stick. It's terrible. Anyway, so yeah, he did that. So when Anders was just four years old, there were two different reports filed expressing concerns about his mental health. Okay. At four. At four? Yes. It seems as though the reports came from neighbors, the same ones that noticed uh Venka's absence. But, it was, like, the same no- neighbors that noticed him poking rats with sticks. Probably so as well. <laughs> uh, but they would essentially, like, encourage Venka, like, to take him to get evaluated. Yeah. So either way, he was taken to be evaluated by psychologists at age four. In one report, a psychologist made a note of the boy's peculiar smile, suggesting that he was not smiling due to any emotion, but rather as, like, a seemingly deliberate response to his environment. Like dupers? Yes, but, like, he's smiling because he knows that you want him to smile, kind of, which is, like, so essentially, yeah, he was faking it. At age four. At age four. Nuts. It was noted that he would have long phases of emotional voidness, only to be met with a huge outburst after the dissociation. Do you think, like, bipolar? Well, I don't know. He was, like, really zoning out. I, I think it, I mean, I think it was a defense mechanism, 
zoning out and then you can no longer control those emotions for so long it just all comes out at once like maybe precursor for did like trying to dissociate and then come back like i'm really not sure but that's very strange yeah especially at such a young age too right so it, it kind of became clear to the psychologist that he was not allowed at home to express his emotions, so he kind of never learned how to, mm-hmm. which is really sad. Do you remember Child of Rage? It was, like, this little girl, her name was Beth Thomas, and she was, like, highly abused when she was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, all these interviews with her where she's talking about how she wants to, like, murder people and kill people. Jesus. Yeah, at a very, again, a very young age. And, uh, but she grew up, she's like a psychologist now, I think, or a child psychologist. Good for her. <laughs> Seriously, Beth Thomas, and she's a huge success story, but there are videos of her. I'm surprised that you don't remember this, yeah. but, because I remember when the first, one of the first psychology courses I took, they, it's like a 30 to 40 minute clip of an interview with her. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Googler, because it's really interesting. But yeah. that's what this kind of sounds like, is that at a very young age, They've just been abused so much or exposed to so much and not, like, given good nurturing, you know, yeah. of any type of real substance. And they just, their brains break, Yeah, you know? it's like you don't have a, a positive adult role model in your life at all. Like, even that family, there's that couple he was staying with on the weekends, like, who knows how quick that ended because yeah. of what his mom did. So, again, it became clear he wasn't allowed to express his emotions. In another report from Norway's National Center for Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, mouthful, concerns arose about the way his mother was treating him, even in public. Hmm. So the report stated that she had sexualized Anders, hit him, and frequently told him that she wished he was dead. Which is fucked up. That's so fucked up. Why wouldn't she go to, like, an adoption agency or, like, a... You know, what are those... uh, They call them safe... Havens or... Safe havens, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, well, I don't know. She's also undiagnosed, uh, not undiagnosed, untreated, mentally ill as well, you know? It's just, it's a bunch of untreated shit. She just felt like she just had to, like, I I have to be a mom. Also in the report, Venka is described as being, quote, a woman with an extremely difficult upbringing, borderline personality disorder, and an all-encompassing, if only partially visible, depression. So she's got... Her own shit yeah, going on. Yeah, across well. the gambit here. She's not worried about Anders, I guess, and she's clearly not worried about his well-being, if yeah. at all. She's not getting any treatment. Exactly. They also added that she, quote, projects her primitive, aggressive, and sexual fantasies onto Anders. Like lizard brain? I don't know, actually. You know? Like, not, it doesn't seem like it was, I mean... Prefrontal cortex issues yeah. going on here? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also stated in the report, quote... Anders is a victim of his mother's projections of paranoid aggressive and sexual fears towards men in general. She projects onto him her own primitive, aggressive, and sexual fantasies, all the qualities in men that she regards as dangerous and aggressive. But he's four. So, leaves her husband, she can't deal with the lifestyle. You're four, you're you're a boy biologically, so now you're the enemy just because you were born male. Mm. And you're a fucking child, but I'm not even going to fucking mention (laughs) that part. I'm just going to take out all my aggressions of men on you. Yeah. Because it's his fault, right? (sighs) It's disgusting. The findings of the report also determined that Anders needed to be immediately, forcibly removed from his mother's care and placed into foster care, and that she was extremely emotionally and psychologically abusive towards him. The conclusion in the report stated, quote, The family is in dire need of help. Anders should be removed from the family and given a better standard of care. The mother is provoked by him and remains in an ambivalent position when prevents him, which prevents him from developing on his own terms. Anders has become an anxious, passive child that averts making contact. He displays a manic defense mechanism of restless activity and a feigned, deflecting smile. Considering the profoundly pathological relationship between Anders and his mother, it is crucial to make an early effort to ward off a severely skewed development in the boy. God. Damn, mic drop. Remember that. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. This suggestion, however, was never carried out by the Child Welfare Service, and instead, Anders was placed in respite care only during the weekends again. Just the weekends again? Just what it was. Like, we have all these findings, all of this evidence, all of these suggestions. Uh, well, let's go back to what we were doing already. And it's like, okay, the psychologist, like, or a psychiatrist, excuse me, at this point, it kind of seems like all they can do is just suggest something. They can't forcibly remove him. All they can do is suggest that he be forcibly removed because the Child Welfare Service 
essentially has, like, jurisdiction. Yeah. So they're just like, oh, whatever, he'll be fine. He's with his mom. He's smiling. Look at him, he's smiling. He's smiling. He's He's so happy, he's smiling. you are not a fucking psychiatrist for a reason. The facility hoped that he would eventually be placed into foster care. We'll just let it slide until he's eventually placed. (sighs) That's awful. Despite this horrible miscarriage of justice, once Yen learned of this happening... I keep saying Yen. Once Yen's learned of this happening, he filed for custody of Anders. Good. Although Venke was completely fine with Anders being in respite care and potentially foster care, when she learned that Yen's filed for custody, she immediately tried to gain custody back for herself. Ew. Okay, so she enjoys this. This isn't just, like... I think... Yeah. It's an outlet. She enjoys this. It's an outlet. She absolutely enjoys this. This is something that is therapeutic for her. Yeah. Which is gross. It's gross. Both of the parents would eventually involve lawyers in this, but the case would eventually be dropped because the welfare services did not think they were going to be able to prove enough evidence in court to warrant the placement of Anders in foster care. Come again? (laughs) What? What's the purpose in having the evaluations, then, if they're not even going to use this as evidence? Thank you! What's the purpose? It's, it's ridiculous. So, they said that one of the main reasons they thought that they weren't going to have a good case was the fact that staff from a nursery that Anders had been attending for a few years prior testified that he was a happy child and nothing was wrong with him. Because they're fucking psychiatrists, Psychiatrist. right? <laughs> like, What? Oh my god. Look, that, he like, knows how to play. He's smiling. Look at he's him. He's smiling as he's killing those ants and poking those rats. <laughs> he's he smiling. right at me. When I asked him a question, he looked, he right, looked at me. right at me. He can hear. He's fine. He's fine. There's no there's no physical abuse signs on him. That's awful. It's just emotional and mental abuse, which is terrible, just as yeah. bad, but the fucking people at the nursery aren't going to notice that. Just because he doesn't have, like, a broken arm. Yeah, it's almost like they should have gotten him, like, evaluated or something. Oh, wait, they fucking did. Oh, wait, fucking they did. fucking did, and then you didn't take the advice of the psychiatrist. God, these, I think that these people in this, um, serv- the child welfare services should have been, re- like, held liable, like, yeah. for what happens later. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying. I always believe in that shit. Yeah. Fucking dumbasses. Dummy. Dummy. Now, during the court proceedings, the psychiatry unit maintained their stance from the reports that the psych eval stated that urgent action was needed to remove him from the care of his mother, and a letter was even written to child welfare to urge them to have an order placed that he needed to be forcefully removed from her custody, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the letter didn't result in anything, <laughs> and the child welfare service lost the case. Like, their whole job. This is their job. It came out much later, that the agency was being represented by a social worker with no experience of representing a case in front of a committee. What? So they literally gave less of a shit than a fucking microscope thing. They just put some guy that had no experience out there to put the fucking fate of a four-year-old in his hands, and he fucking didn't know what he was doing, probably not his fault, he just got thrown out there, and they fucking lost the case. So, in closing, it was ruled that Anders would remain in the care of his mother. But the family would be supervised. That's what I was going to say, yeah, with no supervision, though. Well, they said, we're going to supervise her. This yeah. is this is what's going to move forward. However, mm. you're going to love this. After only three It was a guy visits, that was, like, taking a nap every time he would go over there, or what? After only <laughs> three visits, the supervision was discontinued. Three visits? And Anders would not even return to respite or foster care after this. <gasps> Just stayed with his mom. Until he was, like, old enough to move out? Well, we'll see. (laughs) So, after all this shit, Anders is stuck under the same fucking roof with the woman that has caused this. That's abusing him. Yeah. Yeah. His abuser. Continuing to live in an abusive household, Anders went to school and continued his antics, despite concerns being brought up during his evaluations, like we said. And it's, I mean, arguably not his fucking fault at all, (laughs) you know, that he's hurting animals and stuff. He doesn't know any fucking better. He thinks that that's what you do to people or things, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, you hurt them. While Anders was a young boy in grade school, a fellow classmate recalled that he really enjoyed bullying other children and making people very upset. Hmm. He's probably smiling when he did it, too. (laughs) So he's nice. This student, whose name was not mentioned, stated about this, quote, If he could make someone cry, he would gloat and his eyes would sparkle. He's just a happy little boy. Just a happy boy. 
Ironically, while attending junior high at Hartwig Nissen's Upper Secondary School and also Commerce School, thank you. Also, I said also instead of also. <laughs> the easiest also. word. <laughs> A former classmate of his recalled about Anders that he was a very intelligent student, and while he was much bigger physically than other students, he would often stick up for kids that were being bullied. So this is like two different testimonies from two different peers from two different schools. Well, he's probably looking for any fight, whether it be like him bullying someone or him protecting someone from a bully. Either way, he's looking for a fight. That's a good point, actually. I didn't think about it that way, but you're probably right. Or, I don't know, maybe he was, like, one last-ditch effort to be nice, and then it fucking backfired again, you know? At age 13, Anders briefly became part of a gang, yep. and he was known to graffiti often. Oh, <laughs> he was a tagger. He was a t- <laughs> He's known to graffiti often. His tag name was Morg. Like Morg? M-O-R-G. Mm-hmm. Morg. And he would tag this name on anything that he tagged. It wasn't, like, Morg, like... Like a Morg? No. He actually named himself that after an executioner in a Marvel comic who oh. murders his own people. Hmm. I didn't really look into that, but yeah, it's just like a executioner. I thought you meant like a morgue, like where you keep bodies. No, <laughs> that would be like pretty cool, but he probably didn't get that far. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say that already? I don't know. <laughs> I said that already. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so he was known as taking his graffiti much more seriously than his friends, who also partook. And he was even caught by the police on several occasions for tagging. Like, he was, like, morgue. a big old tagger. Oh, morgue. Watch out for morgue. <laughs> for morgue. Child welfare services were notified again, because he's only, like, 13 or 14 at this time. And he was fined on two different occasions for tagging. Once again, nothing was done by child welfare services to assist Anders in his clear downward spiral. And... They have fucking files, right? They they yeah. have to have files. Yeah, they have an so entire... I'm sure when they found him or yeah. find him, they were like, oh, this kid has a long fucking record. Yeah. <laughs> Pass it on to the next person. Thank you very much. Double it and... What is it? <laughs> Double it and give it to the next person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> According to Venke, Jens seized communication with Anders when he was just 15, and after he had been caught and fined for one of his graffiti antics in 1995. So Jens is like, oh, you're criminal in the making. I don't want anything to do with Yeah, you. of course. Well, it was reported that the two had not been in contact since then, but Jens had a much different story. He claims that it was Anders who originally cut off contact, stating, quote, I was always willing to see Anders, unquote, despite his poor behavior, unquote. Well, willing is different than making a concentrated effort to go spend time with your biological child. Yeah, so it's kind of unclear whether or not it was the dad that was like, I don't want anything to do with that, or Anders just kind of like didn't reach out. But then again, Anders is the child here, so yeah. you know he can't really travel to fucking Paris. I, I said biological, but for any parent. Yeah. Any, any care person. Person that you care for. <laughs> so at this age as well, so again, he's 15, Anders would leave the gang he had been affiliated with and join a different group of people, Norway's Progress Party. Oh, okay. This was an anti-socialist, anti-tax, and anti-immigrant group, group that was very politically involved and motivated. So we all kind of see this a lot. They always get like really radical like groups, right? Yeah. Well, a sense of belonging, right? Yeah, exactly. We saw that in the Timothy McVeigh case. Yeah, as well. definitely. Around this same time as well, Anders would spend his spare time on weight training and would begin to use anabolic steroids. Cute. As if he wasn't already bigger than everyone. Yeah. He began to focus a lot on his image, and he would frequently talk negatively about people that didn't. Like He's normie. Like <laughs> he wouldn't say normie, but he would be normie. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. He would just be yeah. like, oh, you're not worried about your health. Your How fitness. much you bench, bro? Yeah. Things yeah. like that. <laughs> By the age of 18, he had risen to the post of deputy chairman on the Oslo West Youth Wing of the Progress Party. So he's kind of like in a higher position. Now, I wanted to bring up this point because people listening in other countries might be confused as to why he was not placed in conscription. So conscription in Norway means that all men and women between the ages of 19 and 44 are required to conduct military service for 19 months. Oh, okay. Essentially, it's the same thing as men in the United States signing up for the draft when they turn 18. The Norwegian Defense Security Department, which conducts the vetting process for conscription, stated about Anders personally that he was deemed, quote, unfit for service. Okay. So he wouldn't have been required to join the draft. Mm-hmm. Draft. Um, and he was also not flagged for being unfit, regardless of his past, which is weird. Okay. So he wasn't, like... When I say he wasn't flagged, I mean he wasn't unfit enough to be, like, needing more treatment, but he also wasn't fit enough to have been required to join the yeah. military. Don't give him a gun. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Funny. 
You're funny. <laughs> so using his newfound position in the political party, Anders decided that he wanted to try and run for a higher power and tried to maintain a position in a city election. Okay. Unfortunately for him, others saw him as sort of unhinged and unpredictable, and he was unable to reach any higher of a position than he was already in. Yeah, he's just a meathead. Yeah. Trusted Health Products makes a variety of incredible products that you can feel good about. Their oral care, skin care, and nutritional products focus on quality first. Trusted Health Products are GMO and additive-free and are 100% pure ingredients that feed and nourish your body to help you look and feel your best. Click the link in the show notes and receive 10% off your first purchase. Trusted Health Products, products that you can feel good about. I mean, he's also, like, seriously mentally ill. Like, yeah. it's, it's a fact, you know? <laughs> and it's it's terrible, but, I mean, thankfully people were able to recognize that and not give him... Put him in a position power. of power, yeah. So at the age of... Tw- I mean, shit, he still fucking does whatever he wants, but... At the age of 21, Anders would work in customer service for a company that declined to be named, <laughs> working with, quote, people from all countries and being, quote, kind to everyone. Is it like a call center or something? Yeah, essentially. Probably, yeah. A former coworker would even describe Anders at this time as being a, quote, exceptional colleague, although his friends would refer to him as having somewhat of a big ego. Okay. So again, putting on this mask for people that he doesn't know very well, kind of letting his guard down in front of his friends, right? Yeah. Same thing when he did with the psychiatrist years before. Yeah, or the bullies. Yes. According to other friends of his, Anders would undergo multiple cosmetic surgeries in his early 20s, changing his chin, nose, and forehead... But he was ultimately very pleased with his decision. So I think when we first did this uh, suggestion, I first read the message, we looked up a picture of him, and I was like, oh my god, he looks like a domestic terrorist. <laughs> like, this sounds what? bad. I, could, I need to Google him, because I don't know what he looks let like. Me sh- let me show you, because I don't want you to Google him and then see what he did. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Pause. <laughs> well, first of I'm all... I'm terrified. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, that's not the picture I was going to show you, but oh, he's doing him. the Nazi salute in that photo. That's terrible. Um, in yeah, court. I mean, like... You gotta mention that it's in court. Yeah, I'll say it later. <laughs> but, I mean, like, you can see he's had some work done on his face. He looks like, he looks like AI, almost. Yeah, he looks like he would be Elon Musk's... Uh, like, if Elon Musk and Vladimir Putin had a baby, that's yeah, what he like, looks he like. he doesn't look real. He doesn't look real, <laughs> yeah. He does look like those AI, those automatic-generated, like... Yeah pictures of someone but he was like girl i'm popping like i look good i don't need hair did he have hair i was gonna say did he have hair then i'm sure he did it was in his early 20s but he doesn't have hair now so it's unclear what specifically made anders want to harm other people intentionally instead of just you know animals and stuff but what we do know is that in 2002 he began what what would become a nine-year plan to commit a domestic attack on multiple groups of people (gasps) so like it is, it's not, I don't want to say out of the blue, because it's not, mm-hmm. but it kind of seems like, oh shit, like, he was planning this for so long, but he had never harmed anyone that we know of before, right? Yeah. Other so, than beating up children and poking well, rats with pencils. Okay, let me rephrase. He never <laughs> killed anyone before. Okay, yeah, there we go. He never killed anyone. Do you think that he purposely shaved his head because he was part of that area? Neo-Nazi yeah, shit? Yeah. I think so. At the age of 23, Anders would form his own computer programming business while continuing to work in customer service. He would claim that his company grew to six employees and, quote, several offshore bank accounts. I have six employees. I have six employees. That would work for me. He also claimed that he made his first million kroner at the age of 24, Mm. which, for those who don't know, that's the dollar of the (laughs) Norway. What was that Jeopardy question? Remember that? Yeah, it was funny that... You say that because I thought about that, too, when I wrote it down. I don't remember. Unbeknownst to the people he was bragging to, in reality, Anders' company was legit, but had been losing a bunch of money over the past couple of years, causing him to have to move back in with his mother at one point. Oh, great. She's just a peach. She's just a peach. (laughs) Psychiatrists that he was seeing at this point, as well, also indicated that his mental health was deteriorating rapidly alongside his business, and it was really affecting his stability. So he's still getting mental health treatment. I'm not sure if it was mandated because of the draft kind of thing we were talking about or if he just took it upon himself. Either way. Even though his business was failing, Anders continued to work on his idolizations about his future crimes. And in May of 2009, he would found a farming company under the name Brevik Geofarm. Okay. 
He would describe this business as a farming sole proprietorship set up to cultivate vegetables, melons, roots, and tubers. Tubers? I don't know what a tuber is. It's probably some sort of veggie. Yeah, do you think it's like roots or... Yeah, um, probably. Like, what am I trying to say? Like rhubarb? Like root vegetables, yeah. Rhubarb or... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. In 2010, Anders would visit Prague in an attempt to buy illegal weapons that were not legal in Norway. Prague. Prague. Whatever. I love the... No, it's... Whatever. No, it's pronounced Prague, it but... Is, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I just think it's funny because it's felt like Prague. I thought you were making fun of me because I couldn't pronounce we're it. We're arresting right. you under suspicion of proud. If you're from <laughs> Prague, message us. He was unable to obtain these weapons, so he decided that he would just go ahead and gain them legally in Norway, like other ones, mm-hmm. getting specific weapons that were legal for him. Not for him, but, you know, in the country. <laughs> no, no weapon should be legal for him. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure that the military said that, yeah. so <laughs> it must be true. During this time, Anders was not only using his business to make money, but also as a cover to obtain large amounts of fertilizer and other chemicals as well. <gasps> what are we going to do with that? <laughs> How much? Was it 5,000 pounds? It was a lot. Actually, it doesn't say, but it was close. <laughs> this does sound so similar to Timothy. Thank you. McVeigh. I know. I was telling you. I was like, oh my gosh, my case is so similar. Other than the early life stuff. Yeah. Although Tim did feel abandoned. True. You know, and from all accounts, it sounded like his mom wasn't really around True. that much. Yeah. And when she was, she would abuse the fuck out of him. Exactly. Around this time as well, Anders just seemed like a regular guy to others around him. His other farmer neighbor described him as being a, quote, city dweller who wore expensive shirts and who knew nothing about rural ways. Ooh, uh, sassy. (laughs) (laughs) An owner of a local bar who knew Anders as a regular also noticed that there seemed to be nothing unusual about him. But again, these people aren't fucking psychiatrists. Yeah. Yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, that's his fucking thing. He can put it on if he needs to, right? Yeah. He seems like a nice guy. What is that from? He smiles when he's around. Oh, no. And all you can say is, hmm, he seemed like a nice guy. Oh, it was a uh, Tommy boy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> In early 2011, Anders was noted as visiting his father's new wife and telling her that he was going to be doing something that would make his father extremely proud. <gasps> was, was it getting a job and getting mental health treatment? <laughs> You'd think. <laughs> <laughs> On July 22nd, quite the opposite. July 22nd, 2011, Anders would plant and detonate a bomb from a truck outside the office of Prime Minister Jens Stoltenberg in Oslo. It's the same name as his fucking dad, which is wild. That is nuts. And he put it in a truck outside the building. Oh my gosh. Just like Timothy. Y'all, stop putting bombs in trucks. Seriously. Just don't do it. It was unclear whether or not the Prime Minister was there during the attack or before, but he was unharmed. Um, but the, he was the intended target. He was. And the bombing, unfortunately, would kill eight people and injure at least 209 others. Oh, my 12 gosh. very severely. Oh, my gosh. While this bombing was horrific, it would be just the beginning of Anders' plan for the day. There's more? Oh, it's way worse. Oh, shit. After setting off the bomb, Anders would travel by boat to the island of Utoya, where a summer camp by the name of AUF was hosting camp for nearly 600 kids. Around 5 p.m. the same day, people on the island noticed a man in a police uniform coming onto the island shore and beginning to be concerned. Anders would tell the first people he met that he was following up for a security check because of the bombing. And it had just happened an hour and a half before this. So he was like, oh, I just want to make sure everyone's okay. Did you guys know anybody that was part of the bombing? Unfortunately, Anders was not finished with his sinister acts, and he would ultimately begin opening fire on anyone and everyone that he could see, just 26 minutes after reaching the island. This is a kid's camp? So camp counselors and children, I want to say as young as like, probably like 10 to 18. Not being able to defend themselves, hundreds of kids watched in horror as Anders made his way around the island, shooting anybody in his path. Other people on the island would hear loud banging noises, but didn't really know where they were coming from because they were so far away. And they're thinking probably fireworks. I mean, it's a kid's camp. So they didn't know where the shots or noises were coming from until they Mm. did, essentially. This horrific attack from Anders would last nearly one whole hour. (gasps) Many of the campers on the island were teenagers, and some were able to phone police right when the shooting started. However, since they were on an island, it would take authorities until 625 to reach them, so almost an hour later. 
Anders killing people the entire time that the police are trying to make their way. That's fucking terrifying. Unfortunately, during this time, some people knew that police had been phoned, and since Anders was in a police uniform, it was the perfect cover to get close to them before killing them. Well, and the fact that he talked to them for what you said, 20 minutes before he, was he started, on, yeah. he was trying to lull them into, like, safety or the trap. Yeah. Many children tried to play dead and even positioned their bodies to make it look like they were dead, but somehow they it seemed like Anders remembered his path and every single person that he killed, so when he came across the kids that were playing dead, he would shoot them um, in the head, one by one. Oh, it's so awful. Like I said, police would get to the island about an hour after the first calls were made, as there was a shortage of helicopters, actually, that delayed their response. I bet it's because of the bombing. They're just, I mean, that's the whole point of it, probably, was to distract everybody. The police presence would be huge because this is a politician. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm sure helicopters and everything were over in that area, not worried about a shooting. Yeah, I think that was absolutely his Mm -hmm. plan. By the time police arrived on the island, Anders Breivik had killed 66 people, the youngest being just 14 years old. Oh, my God. Police walked through the bodies on the island, hearing numerous cell phones going off as they searched for Anders. Oh, my God, that's heartbreaking. That makes me, like, want to seize. It's just like my body, like, clams up, like, hearing that. Minutes after police arrived, Anders would just surrender himself and be captured by police. Nick got me, coppers. It's me. I did it. After they captured Anders, police would hold him on the island overnight in order to make their way around the rest of the island and also question him before bringing him in. Mm -hmm. And it was probably getting dark. It was probably safer just to keep him on the island. He would be moved to a cell in Oslo after they returned to the mainland. Anders would almost immediately admit to his crimes, stating that the purpose of his attack was to save Norway and Western Europe from a Muslim takeover and that the Labour Party, the people that founded the camp, had to, quote, pay the price for letting down Norway and the Norwegian people. Because that makes fucking sense, right? What? What? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, what's wrong with this guy? But yeah. you just told me the entire story of his life. So. <laughs> After his arrest, Anders would then begin referring to himself as, quote, the greatest monster since Quisling. For those of you who don't, don't know, I, I had to look it up, too. Vidkun Quisling was a politician in Norway during the Nazis' capture of the country, and when he left office, he essentially created a fascist group and tried to become, like, super powerful. Okay. So he's a bad guy. <laughs> so he thinks he's just, like, the coolest guy ever. Yeah, he's, like, boss, yeah. Ugh. He would actually, this guy, um, what's his name? Quis- Quisling, yeah. He would be arrested and found guilty of embezzlement, murder, and high treason against the Norwegian state and was sentenced to death in 1945. So he's, like, all about, like, the Nazi party and, like, yeah. died before the war was even over. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm sure Durs at this point is, like, like, I don't know, wants the same fate? Well, he wants to be infamous is exactly yeah. what he wants at this point, yeah. So uh, this guy was very infamous in Norway and apparently Anders, like, idolized him. Mm-hmm. On Anders, Anders. Anders. He's Anders. <laughs> <laughs> Due to the fact that Anders admitted to being the perpetrator of not only the island massacre, but the bombing as well, he was immediately charged with both attacks. On July 25th, three days after the attack, Anders was also charged with violating Section 147A of the Norwegian Criminal Code, which is anti-terrorism provision. Okay. <laughs> so you're like, yeah, I'm a terrorist and I, you know, committed the crime. <laughs> He's like, I, he I, is. I, I, I mean, that's what he is. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. He would also be charged with, quote, establishing or destroying basic fun- functions of society and, quote, creating serious fear in the population. Which is, like, kind of a cool thing to be charged with. <laughs> you created serious fear in the population. You created serious fear. Well, that is, like, I don't know. I think they call it something else now. Yeah, if they you do. purposefully create chaos, yeah, it yeah. Can, it's a chargeable offense. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a, it's like uh, filing a false police report. It's a felony. Well, the, like, that. did you see that dumbass, the video of them, like, in a restaurant or something, and he screams, he's got a gun! Yeah, no, I Just, fucking hate those videos. I was telling Casey awful. that yesterday. He's like, oh, that's so funny. I'm like, what is funny about that? What it's is like, funny? People he's think screaming, help, help, he has a gun? Like, in today's society, are you fucking serious? Like, absolutely not. And Casey was like, Go no, he's like, it's not funny. He's like, it's just so, like wild that he would do that it's, it's like yeah it is it's, like, it's baffling. wild that that creates such 
a fear response no, now it's in our society. You could literally give someone a heart attack. Yeah. Or, like, you know, like a panic or whatever. Or like people trampling each other trying yeah. to get out of a building. It happens, I mean, it used, all the time. To, it used to happen all the time with at, like, concerts and shit, yeah. you know? I mean... Oh, that's awful. But, yeah, I mean, you could totally incite getting someone killed, yeah, trampled over. Absolutely. In the weeks following the attacks, more victims would succumb to their injuries from the shootings, and the death toll would rise to 80 in total, making the attacks the deadliest in Norway since World War II. What? Yes. Since World War II? Yes. And I feel like that's only unbelievable because we grow up, I know. like, you know, <laughs> yeah. with mass shootings. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah, exactly. And this was in 2011, so it was way before... And it's also in Norway, you know, so it's yeah. not, you know, it's not like here where every fucking day there's another mass shooting, which is awful. In early March 2012, Anders would be indicted on the charges. The director of public prosecutions had initially decided to censor the document to the public, which would leave out the names of the victims as well as details about their deaths. They are minors as well, so right. that's probably why. However, the public would react very poorly to this, and the decision was reversed prior to the release of the documents. Yeah, they deserve respect, too. Well, yeah, and I'm sure people were like, fuck that, we're not gonna, like cover up what he did. We want the world to see what this asshole did, mm-hmm. you know? Anders was kept at Isla Prison after his arrest, where he had access to three different prison cells. One where he would rest, sleep, and watch TV. Another where he was set up with a computer without internet, but still access. And a third gym cell had a gym equipment for him to be able to work out in. Which one did he poop in? Why does he need all this <laughs> shit for? Like, sorry. He's got a toilet in every single one? Yeah. yeah. He doesn't need all that shit. He doesn't need all that shit. Let him fucking get, like... Uh, dick fall off from the steroids and his muscles deteriorate. To be fair, he's probably the only prisoner in that Norway prison. (laughs) (laughs) So only selected prison staff with specific credentials were allowed to be around him, and the staff were told not to let his presence as a high-security prisoner affect any of the other inmates. Okay, so they kept him secluded. Secluded. That's probably why he had all these extra things, though. Yeah. While he was incarcerated, police obviously searched his personal belongings at home, and they found a 1,518-page manifesto that he had <gasps> left. Do you see 1,000? 1, 1,518 pages manifesto entitled, quote, 2083, what? a European Declaration of Independence. Ew. Ew. You're not Ew. fucking cool. You're not. <laughs> like, You're a Nazi. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> what? God. In the manifesto, he raged against multiculturalism, liberalism, and Muslims, also while describing his attack in brutal detail and meticulous planning. Obviously, he wrote it before the attack, but what he was going to do. Yeah. Some quotes from the manifesto are as follows. Oh, great. I can't <laughs> wait. read the whole thing. It was way too long. <laughs> you tried, though? Yeah, no, oh, I no. didn't. Okay, good. I actually couldn't find the whole thing. It's not available, I don't think. Well, I'm sure nobody fucking took the time to upload that yeah. shit. <laughs> and translate <laughs> and it. Translate it. <laughs> Quote. I've spent a total of nine years of my life working on this project. Quote, I took a year off when I was 25 and played World of Warcraft PvE hardcore for a year. I'm currently playing Modern Warfare 2 casually. <laughs> Soup's cash. <laughs> Quote, stealing is bad, I admit. But then again, when you've devoted your entire life to a good cause, you can allow yourself some naughtiness, especially if I can contribute to converse your funds. Cough. Winky face. Yes, yes, no one's perfect with the... Like the pee, like the tongue sticking out face. <laughs> like, wait, without the, well, clearly not the emoji, right? It's the, it's the colon. Yes. It's the colon with the little bloop. <laughs> like, LOL. LOL. Yeah. And quote, however, since I manifest their worst nightmare, in parentheses, talking about systematical and organized traitors, they'll probably just give me the full propaganda right package and propagate the following accusations. Pedophile engages in incest activities, homosexual, psycho, ADHD, there, non-educated, inbred, maniac, insane, monster, etc. I'll be labeled as the biggest monster ever witnessed since World War II. End quote. Ew, <laughs> <laughs> Left tongue emoji. Ooh. LOL. LOL. Cough, cough. Winky, winky face. face. <laughs> And when I say winky face, I'm sure everyone knows, like, semicolon, close parentheses. Yeah. Close parentheses. Oh, gosh. Emoticons, not emojis. Yeah. Emoticons, like, where you have to type it. Oh, whoa. Be the biggest cringy person ever since World War II. (laughs) (laughs) So over the next several months, Anders would be interviewed and examined by court-appointed psychiatrists. 
yet again. Was there any... He labeled himself as a pedophile. Was there anything that... He didn't. He's saying that people are going to assume these things about me. Right. Because like, I'll be labeled as this. Exactly. But, I mean, most more than half of the stuff that he said is kind of correct. Yeah. So I was wondering if there was any documentation of him messing around with kids or anything. Not that I found, no. Hmm. I mean, who's to say it didn't happen, but not that I found. Yeah. But then again, that wasn't really his thing. I know that his mom, like, sexualized him when he was younger. I don't, I don't think he was ever sexually abused, and usually, I don't want to say usually, but we see it a lot where someone that sexually abuses was sexually abused themselves. Yes. Yeah. I don't think he was ever sexually abused. He was definitely abused, but I don't know if he was ever sexually abused. But he was and sexualized. The whole, he was sexualized for sure. fantasies about Kids. I have no idea, and who knows what the fuck happened on that hour at the during that hour on the island. Yeah. So again, he was interviewed by multiple psychiatrists. He would be diagnosed by multiple of them as well with paranoid schizophrenia, concluding that he had developed the disorder over time and was psychotic at the time that he carried out the attacks mm-hmm. and at the time of observation. Oh gosh, I can't wait to hear what the sentencing is. Yeah. So you know, his mom and then his grandmother also had that same diagnosis. Mm-hmm. He was also diagnosed with abuse of non-dependence-producing substances prior to the attacks. Non? Non-dependence-producing substances. So non-addictive substances, he was abusing them prior to the attacks. So, like weed? Yeah. Oh, yeah or, or the steroids, I guess? Yeah, or, exactly. Okay. Something that won't develop addiction. So for listeners that don't know, the determination of being criminally insane means that the person did not know they were committing a crime or could not understand that their actions were wrong while committing a crime. Hmm. According to the... It's the same in Norway and the United States. According to the report, Anders displayed inappropriate and blunted affect and a severe lack of empathy. He referred to himself as the future regent of Norway. This is someone who would be appointed in the case that their current leader couldn't complete their duties. I had to look it up. <laughs> he also referred to himself as a master of life and death while calling himself, quote, inordinately loving and, quote, Europe's most perfect knight since World War II. Oh my god, he's such a white knight. He's fucking obsessed with World War II <laughs> he's also. a white knight. I bet he holds the doors open for girls and tips his fedora, my lady. <laughs> Shows them his skinned head. <laughs> I was gonna say, show them their sword collection. <laughs> Who was that that had a sword recently? I don't know. Oh, it was, was no, it was... When he tried to give the kid his sword to kill his wife with. Remember, it was yeah, the, he's like, oh, here's my here's sword. My sword. Oh, oh, just my, just right. my wife's still alive God. over here. Gosh. Inconvenient. That's the, uh, I, I keep wanting to say assassin, but it's the hired hitman yeah, episode. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That one was so fun. It was fun. Anders also described his plans to carry out, quote, further executions of categories A, B, and C traitors by the thousands. <laughs> So, in his manifesto, he was essentially saying, like, if I'm not caught, I'm going to continue to do this. He wanted to organize Norwegians in reservations for the purpose of selective breeding, and was also <gasps> determined to be suicidal and homicidal at the, at the time of his evaluation. Oh my gosh, this disgusting. Breeding. Just the word. The word breeding. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Ew. According to his defense attorney, Anders expressed surprise and felt insulted by the findings in the report, but later said, quote, this provides new opportunities. For fucking what? what? You're in prison. For what? Opportunities for what? The outcome of Anders' first evaluation was heavily debated by mental health experts as they did not think that he was criminally insane. Hmm. According to the senior psychiatrist who was commissioned by the prison to examine Anders, remember, the people that have already examined him are with the court. These are guys with the, with the prison. Mm-hmm. His name is Randy Rosenquist. <laughs> I love a good one. Quists. They're so, I mean, just the last name. Yes. Anything I, with Quist at the end is amazing. According to Randy, Anders rather appeared to have personality disorders. On January 13th, 2012, the Oslo District Court ordered a second expert panel to evaluate Anders' mental state. He initially refused to cooperate with these new psychiatrists, but eventually changed his mind, and a new evaluation took place in late February of 2012. In the pre-trial hearing in February, Anders read a prepared statement demanding to be released and treated as a hero for his, quote, preemptive attack against traitors accused of planning cultural genocide. So, you don't want people to con- commit cultural genocide, but you want selective fucking breeding? Like, yeah. that's an oxymoron. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> He's the hero we uh, don't deserve and never asked for. God, seriously. <laughs> he also stated, quote, they are committing or planning to commit cultural destruction, including deconstruction of the Norwegian ethnic group and deconstruction of Norwegian culture. This is the same as ethnic cleansing. You said you that wanted that, didn't what you? you want. like, yeah. Sorry. For yourself. <laughs> like screaming into the microphone. 
Okay, so now in Norway, it's a little bit different than here in the States. So if the original diagnosis of criminally insane was upheld by the court, it would have meant that Anders could not have been sentenced to prison at all. The prosecution could instead have requested that he be detained in a psychiatric hospital, and medical advice would then have determined whether or not the courts release him at some point later. Shortly after the second evaluation took place, the prosecution announced that they expected Anders would be found legally insane. Expected. <laughs> On April 10th, 2012, the second evaluation was published with the finding that Anders was not psychotic during the attacks and he was not psychotic during the evaluation. Okay. Instead, they diagnosed him with an with antisocial personality disorder and narcissistic personality disorder. Uh, seems a little mild, but, yeah. uh, Okay. A letter was written to several Norwegian newspapers by Anders during this time, urging the courts to find him sane. He stated, quote, I must admit this is the worst thing that could have happened to me, as it is the ultimate humiliation. To send a political activist to a mental hospital is more sadistic and evil than to kill him, exclamation point. It is a fate worse than death. You know what's humiliating? The fact that you took out this rage or whatever you have going on on innocent children that are unarmed. That's that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. You should feel like the ultimate piece of shit because how is that not humiliating? It's he not said, like you yeah. went in, it's not like you were a war hero. Yeah. You know? You decimated children. No, and that's what he's saying. He's like, I am the hero. Like, I don't understand why you guys think that I did anything wrong. I did this to prevent a worse attack. You should be thanking me. It's embarrassing for you to say that I'm crazy. Well... If the shoe fucking fits. Yeah, you (laughs) pussy. God. On June 8th, 2012, professor of psychiatry, Ulrich Frederick Malt, testified in court as an expert witness, stating that he found it very unlikely that Anders suffered from schizophrenia. According to Ulrich, it was much more likely that Anders had Asperger's syndrome, Tourette's syndrome, narcissistic personality disorder, and possibly paranoid psychosis. So if you haven't been counting, this is now the eighth diagnosis he's received. Do you think he has delusional disorder? Actually, I don't know. We might pepper that in there, too, just for shiggles. Might as well have delusional disorder Just for shiggles. Which I think you had actually mentioned earlier. Delusions. He had delusions. Yeah. So, again, eighth different diagnosis. He's been diagnosed with different things multiple times, but this is, like, the eighth different. Mm -hmm. However, this time, Ulrich listed a number of factors to back up his suggestion. Deviant behavior as a child extreme specialization in Anders' study of weapons and bomb technology, strange facial expressions, a remarkable way of talking, and an obsession with numbers. So he's backing up his suspected diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome, Tourette's syndrome, narcissistic personality disorder, Mm -hmm. and psychosis. But not an OCD. No. But Asperger's syndrome, I think, also has the numbers um, solution. Yeah. Eric Johansson, a psychiatrist who had spoken with Anders for over 20 hours, disagreed. He stated that Anders was lying. It was not delusional or psychotic. (laughs) He's like, he's just full of shit. (laughs) He's just a fucking liar. On August 24th, 2012, Anders was ruled sane at the time the crimes were committed and sentenced to preventative detention for a period of 21 years, the maximum penalty in Norway, with a minimum non-parole period of 10 years. This allows the court to continue Anders' detention indefinitely, five years at a time, for as long as the prosecuting authority deems it necessary to protect society. So, essentially, they can continue to extend his sentence as long as they feel necessary Mm -hmm. to keep people safe. (laughs) Anders would plead not guilty, but did not appeal the sentence as it was handed down, and on September 8th, the media announced that the verdict was final. Also in August of 2012, an independent inquest to the attacks were completed, harshly criticizing the actions of Norwegian law enforcement and intelligence agencies. The July 22nd commission, which took its name from the date of the attacks, ruled that police could have prevented the incident or disrupted that it, when it was occurring. The findings of the report led to the resignation, resignation of numerous officials, Ooh. including Norway's national police chief. Wow. So they realized that they fucked up. Like, yeah. I don't know if it was the helicopter thing that they were mad about, but essentially they're saying, like, you could have gotten there way fucking For faster. For an hour. Yeah. Or you could have been more present at the political building and caught him before he even got over there, yeah. you know? Yeah, for an hour. In January of 2022, a three-day trial began at Telemark District Court to decide whether or not to uphold the DA's refusal of parole for Anders. The indictment stated that the prosecuting authority does not consent to parole because, quote, preventative detention is deemed necessary to protect society. So they were like, no, he's fucking staying. Mm -mm. 
At the start of the trial, Anders gave Nazi salutes to both the judge and members of the public in the courtroom, which oh, is the photo that, the photo saw. that I saw. <laughs> Anders testified that he is still a Nazi and will continue to work for white power, but no longer wanted to pursue it through violence. Which I read that and I was like, so white power, doing fucking white- Timothy McVeigh. He's working white power for Jesus now? Yeah. He said that he is trying to register a Nazi political party in Norway and is applying, aspiring to be a candidate running for parliamentary election. So he's trying to, like, reinstate the Nazi is party. He, is he not getting ongoing help in prison? I don't know. I doubt it. I mean, if he's still fucking talking about shit like this, probably not. I mean, I guess there are technically non-mentally ill neo-Nazis, but, Very true. <laughs> you know... But this man clearly needs help. Yeah, absolutely. There were many witnesses that took the stand over the three days, but ultimately the court's decision was upheld and Anders remained in prison. So as of 2022, another court appearance will not be available for at least two years. So next year he will have the option to go back to court, but they're probably going to extend it again. Mm -hmm. He's only 44, so he'll most likely try to get released again if he continues to, like, give a spiel about, like, trying to reinstate the Nazi party, I'm sure they'll be like, yeah, you can stay. <laughs> maybe maybe hang out a little longer. Yeah. So, like I said, the manifesto's so long. There's so much more information about it online, but just for time's sake, I decided not to read all 1,500 pages. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and the island events um, are also very specific laid out online as well. If you want to read more about that, you can definitely find it. But that is that case. What a doozy. <laughs> I know. I think this is a great recommendation, honestly, to do this case. Yeah, I, I think so I know too. it's right off the heels of Timothy McVeigh, but everybody knows how we do. We don't tell each other what cases we're going to do. Yeah. So Kenna had no idea last week that I was doing something pretty similar. <laughs> Somebody with similar ideals um, about what they think should happen in the world. But yet, you know, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. It was like... I was researching this, and I was like, everything just kept coming, especially with his childhood. Like, man, I feel so bad for that little kid. Like, his mom was clearly just, like, uninterested in, yeah. you know, taking care of him. And, you know, she had another daughter, too, and I don't even know. I didn't hear anything, you know, significant about her, but who knows what her childhood was like. Yeah. You know? Well, you did say that she was pretty... She was much older than... Not she, much, but yeah, I mean... I think she was, like, 13 years older than Anders. Yeah. But, Yeah. But she lived with, I mean, when he was a baby, she lived with them, the younger yeah. daughter, you know, so I don't know. But yeah, that's uh, that story. And if you're in Norway and you have any say in the political system, don't let him out. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I don't think that he'll be released, especially if he's still trying to say, like, today that he wants to, like, become a politician and start this, like, new, like, reinstate the Nazi party. Like, that's essentially what he's saying. He's yeah. like, if I get out, I'm going to run for election in this, you know, new party, which is not, well, it that's was not going to happen. There's no like- way. Like you had even said, it was the worst attack on Norway soil since World War Two. Yeah. They're going to let this fucker out? I would hope not. And that's honestly, like, real. of course, the whole thing is tragic. I think it's really telling that he genuinely thinks that he was doing it. If, whether he thinks it or not, he's preaching that he, he says that he did it for the right reasons. Yeah. I did it because I wanted to prevent a bigger counterattack or a bigger future attack or whatever. That's whether what he McVay really believes too. it or not. Yeah. That's what he's saying. So yeah. if he really truly believes that, then he's very clearly super mentally ill. If he doesn't believe that, then he might have a psychosis or he might be a psychopath, honestly, because yeah. no one just makes something like that up for shi- for shiggles. <laughs> for shiggles. For shiggles. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my case. Yeah, Timothy Mouvet was kind of that way, too. He thought that this was in retaliation for Waco and that it was going to get people to wake up and, yeah. you know... And, and revolutionize, you know, the way that the government participates in these things. Maybe they'll think twice before serving a warrant. And yeah. It's, like, what? Just, uh, I don't know. It's just all awful. And, like, honestly, I truly believe had he gotten the help he needed when he was little, then he this probably wouldn't have happened. He I would agree. Have, he would have been raised, hopefully, in a, you know, loving family that taught that you don't harm people and you don't, you know, not everyone's out to get you and against you and stuff. Mm. And it might, you know, it very well might be delusional disorder. Who knows? Especially now that he's in his 40s and he's still having these conversations with people right. i don't know but yeah that's uh my case you well, guys can bring it yeah you guys can check us out on social media diagnosing a killer check out diagnosing we have a bunch of merch available yeah so get some merch get some merch let us know if you get any merch send us photos of it so we can see and we'll shout you guys out that's true yeah we should get like pictures of ty with his what is it is he the lady <laughs> shirt <laughs> the lady <laughs> And put it on our Instagram. Yeah, for sure. All right. We love you guys. And we will talk to you later. Love you. Bye. Bye, Bye, Norway. (laughs) 
Born and brewed in Southern California since 1963, the coffee bean and tea leaf has always been passionate about connecting loyal customers with carefully handcrafted products. Their coffee master, Jay Isaias, only selects the top 1% of Arabica beans from the world's best growing regions, giving customers the best quality products every time. Whether you're looking for a dark roast to liven up your day or a soothing tea to relax into the night, the coffee bean and tea leaf has it all. Click the link in our show notes today to save $15 off your first purchase and get sipping. Are you a true crime advocate? Are you passionate about uncovering the truth and bringing justice to victims? Do you love the paranormal and spooky tales? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you won't want to miss the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival in Austin, Texas, this August from the 25th to the 27th. This festival features panel discussions, workshops, and live podcasts focusing on ethics and advocacy in the true crime sphere. Get your tickets now at truecrimepodcastfestival.com and join us in Austin for an unforgettable experience. 